Welcome to Hachzik, the Daily Musar Impact Initiative. Hello, everybody. We are back, and this is Hachzik number sixty-one for Tuesday, and a brand new parak. So we are up to parak vav right now, and Choval Avavot is now going to kind of continue where he left off, speaking about the last person, the person who claims that I believe in Olam Haba. I believe there's a reality of what it is that my next world is going to be. And I would love, I would love nothing more than be able to start to do things to really build up my Lamhaba, but Malasot, I'm so busy with life. I have so many obligations. And so eventually, you know, when things calm down, when I make my first hundred million dollars, then finally I'll be ready because I need a hundred million. You know, I need to make sure that um, not just I'm settled, uh, my wife, my kids, uh, I want to make sure that my kids have enough money in case they mess up for their grandkids. And, you know, I've always wanted to have a place in Svat, to have a place up in the Catskills, to have a place down in Florida. All these different places are Meaning there's an endless amount of things that this person can put on his bucket list. I have to go see the Maldives first. You know, I always wanted to go into tour around Europe, go to the different farm. The guy can end up having a bucket list. That's going to take him 80 years. And, and and exactly when is he? So this is here right now. He says, I see it's kind of fit right now. I got to describe their foolishness. I got to really point out the error inside this attitude. I'll do it in seven different ways. And it may seem a little bit lengthy what I'm about to do, but it's worthwhile. Because only if I give you this long explanation, a very detailed explanation, will that hopefully finally make its place and really find its way into the heart of those people. I call these type of people, he says, the people who, and he says it here in English, solicitors of security deposits. That they're always demanding a security deposit. Like, uh, their approach when it comes to avoid the Hashem. It's like the person who he decides to sell something on credit, but he doesn't trust the person. So he's selling him a bag of apples, but he doesn't trust that the guy's ever going to pay him back. So what's he supposed to do? The guy really needs those bag of apples. So he's going to go and he's going to sell it to him. He says, look, I'll, I'll give it to you, but until you pay me, I need to take a security deposit once I do this. And he's afraid that because the buyer's not so reliable... You're going to have to give me a shirt. You're going to have to give me a gold watch, something. And um, even if the guy Itaka is reliable, but he may not be able to ever pay me. So I have to hold on to some kind of security deposit to make sure that these people do it. So similarly, he says over here, they don't trust that Hashem will be willing or able. And even if he's able, but is he willing? Because I know he's able, but there are so many people out there who it doesn't seem like Hashem is willing to help them. And so therefore, I don't trust him. So I need a security deposit of some kind of funds right now. 
And yeah, when Hashem decides to pay me back, so then I'll use those funds to go and to give it to tzedakah or I won't need it anymore. This is their understanding. Now, this idea here on the bottom by the star, who are the people that advocate such an approach? Is this chapter addressed only to the few people who adopt this extreme attitude of holding back from serving Hashem until the need of their children and sometimes their grandchildren are provided for? So the Mepharshim explained that the principles presented in this chapter are actually relevant to all. So now he goes through over here, and I, I just started out chapter, uh, this piece on the bottom, but very worthwhile to give a look to see how it really talks about everybody. Now, he told us he's giving us seven different ways to look at this and to show them how foolish it is. And here's step one. The first of these seven answers to such a person, we're going to tell him, you're going to go and doubt the, the power of what it is that Hashem said that he's going to do for you. And you do not have any kind of faith whatsoever. And so the power, the awesome power of Hashem, you completely extinguish the light and light and you've gone completely dark from your intellect. You know from what? You know what it is that caused that darkness? Since you were overwhelmed by the darkness of your desires, of your ta'avot, number five on the bottom, any intelligent person, anybody thinking clearly, will no doubt know that Hashem manages all human affairs and that He's willing and able to provide. However, if one runs after bodily desires, his thinking becomes clouded and his clarity of intellect becomes distorted. This is from Rebel Chanan Vashmanakovitz Ma'amarim. Since this person's attitude displays that he doubts Hashem's power, it's obvious that his intelligence has been compromised by his desires. In this chapter, Chavit Levavot does not address the philosophical issue of Hashem's providence in this world because this person's thinking it's been corrupted and he won't be convinced by a philosophical argument either way. Rather, Chavit Levavot argues powerfully that regardless of one's doubts, it's absurd to demand the security like we're about to see now. So now he continues over here and he tells us, it's because you're overwhelmed by your ta'avot. You're being blinded right now, my friend, by your physical desires, by your desires to want to have too much, by your desires to want to have a big house, to want to have a nicer car, to want to have all these physical comforts that you've kind of become so accustomed to. The only situation where it makes sense for you to go and ask is when you're dealing with your friend, who doesn't have any authority over you, and he has no orders that he can go and force you. And so since you owe no kind of respect or uh, really anything, so you can go and say to him, look, dude, I don't know anything. You want me to sell you those apples? So then you have to give me some kind of security. Avil hasachir. But when you have a worker, that he's working for somebody, then you don't go and you demand the security for your wages before you even start. He's going to go and say to his employer, I'm going to go work for you today that you've hired me, but just... Make sure I'm going to take this shovel now in case you don't pay me. I mean, this is your master. You're not going to go and start to demand things. You don't go to Hashem and demand of him this kind of an attitude of that. Oh, I need this and this and this and that because I don't think you're going to pay me. You don't do that. And this is a wonderment. That if a servant 
would go and he'll tell his master, yeah, no, I, I'll come, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll work for you, but it's on condition that you're going to pay me my, um, that, that you're going to pay me everything afterwards. And so therefore I'm going to take this thing. Now it's disgraceful. So that's his idea that you shouldn't ever come with such an attitude of ever talking about reward. I can, if I ask my son to go, I'll do it. Once you pay me, or will you pay? No, what are you talking about? I'm your father. Definitely that's the mashkin, meaning beyond the thing. I asked my son, can you go get me a seltzer? Abba, I'll do it, but you have to pay me $5. And by the way, Abba, I don't believe that you're good for that $5. So could you give me your watch and then I'll go bring your seltzer and bring it back and then you'll pay me your $5? I mean, uh, you can't think of a bigger chutzpah in the world. What, you do this to Hashem? So that was the first one. So the first one is, is that we just don't talk that way to Hashem. And what is the second response to such a person? Generally, when you get the security deposit from your friend, that that security, it has a set amount and it has to be a certain limit. You know, if I'm buying apples from you and you're like, give me your whole house of security. Okay, no, that's that's crazy. It has to be something within the norms. But for somebody who's coming with this, there's no end to what your mashkin is from Hashem. Can you dare my speak Because let's face it, he doesn't know how much money he's going to need, and so therefore, this is an open-ended mashkon that makes no sense because he'll never be satisfied with the amount that he wants to make. and how much he's going to need to support the people of his house, and with all the extra things that are needed, the day that they die. So exactly, where is the kitzma? Where's the set amount at all of this mashkon you're asking from Hashem? You keep on saying until I make that amount. Like he, like I need to make this mashkon work. I need that secure deposit. But your secure deposit is an endless deposit. Even if he had double the amount of what he would really talk and need, he'll never have peace with that. Because let's face of it. Um, he doesn't know what's hidden, what exactly is it the people need me that you damn any yadua and how long they're gonna live, he has no clue. For who saval should be cash. So he's being so foolish in what he's asking. Because there's no limit, there's no amount. So this person who's going and saying this kind of an attitude that, oh yeah, I have to do this and I'm first gonna make this money, he's asking he's acting like somebody who's asking for a mashkin from Hashem, and that just doesn't fly. Have a wonderful day. You have been listening to a shear by Hachzeik. If you have been impacted, please share with others. For the daily shear, please visit Hachzeik.com or call 516-600-8080.